There is no question that music has changed over the years. Fernando Ortega has weathered it all, from the grand pianos and classical music halls to fog machines and worship services. But there is something that must never change, Jesus at the heart of our worship. And at Christmas time, there's no better way to get in the spirit of anticipating our Messiah than with Christmas music. And that's what we're going to talk about today on the Great Stories podcast with my special guest and an old friend, Fernando Ortega. We aired an older interview with him last year on the podcast, but now I want to share a brand new conversation for this Christmas. We cover some powerful Christmas songs, what Christmas was like for Fernando growing up in New Mexico, and what it is about this Advent season that so powerfully draws us nearer to Christ. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I certainly did. And in the next few minutes, you'll hear some songs from Fernando's Christmas album. You can get your own copy of that when you make a gift to Haven Ministries at haventoday.org. But for now, let's go ahead and let's meet up with Fernando Ortega. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and that, of course, was Joy to the World with Fernando Ortega. And on this special program, we're actually going to travel to Albuquerque, New Mexico. On the line with me is my friend, Fernando. Fernando, it's been years since we were with each other, much less talked to each other. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for singing Joy to the World. Oh, I th- thank you for having me on your program. And I maybe that's my favorite song on that record, actually. Maybe mine, too. And we're going to talk a little bit about that album, because we have it for our listeners this Christmas. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Years ago, you and I went to the same church in um, in Southern California. You were there for many years, and uh, but then you moved back home. You yeah. moved back to Albuquerque. What was it? Was it the Green Hatch Chili? Do you miss the little slower lifestyle? Or uh, and Christmas is here. You know, it's yeah. after the American Thanksgiving now. Yeah. So, um, how's it been for you? living in New Mexico, the land of enchantment. You know, mostly good. And I think even, I moved to California in 1984. I was on a staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. And I lived in Pasadena. And I think even from my very first years out there, I was at Lake Avenue Congregational in Pasadena. Ray Orland, my predecessor. Yeah, yeah. And Paul Cedar later on. And, um, (laughs) but I I was, I, I feel like in my heart, I was always already moving back to New Mexico because I just didn't realize how drawn I was to the landscape and to mm. and to my my ancestry there. But then the, I think the primary reason in the end, when I was living in Laguna Beach, was that my parents were getting old. My dad had some significant mm. health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was she was just lonely for all of the kids to be around her. So I moved back just with the idea that I would be there for them, you know. And so dad passed in 2017. And then mom in 2020, and mm. uh, but I I don't plan on leaving here anytime soon at, at all actually. <laughs> no, nor should you, yeah. nor should you. Well, Fernando, going back, 
you had a Christmas album. That's what we heard Joy to the World from mm-hmm. as we opened the program. Yeah. You've been doing music, of course, in churches as well as in larger public settings for many decades now. Why a Christmas album? Why does this particular album relate to me and my soul as much as it did when I first heard it 10, 15 years ago, whenever it came out? Yeah, I think the seasons associated with Christmas, Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany, have become my favorite times in the year. And for for various reasons, my daughter was born at the beginning of Advent. Mm. And um, so come thou long expected Jesus. And then for us, come thou long expected Ruby. (laughs) <laughs> and uh but but uh yeah I, I just love the season and i tried to find songs and, and people have said this to me that since i recorded this record i tried to find songs that were a little bit off the beaten path for evangelicals anyway but that also would speak to us throughout the year and people tell me yeah i listen mm-hmm. to your christmas record in july sometimes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so I love this record so much. I love the making of it because it was all recorded on the piano that you can see, kind of see behind me. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, my friend John Schreiner came and set up mics all around the piano and listened real carefully. And and so I was able to record almost all of it, you know, without without a producer, just just here by myself in the wee hours of the night. And uh, I loved the I loved the experience. Well, along with this album, you've got another album that we've used repeatedly here on Haven Today, and that's Shadow of Your Wings. And we don't have that this Christmas to offer to people, but we have offered it in the past on more than one occasion. And um, Fernando, there's just something about uh, you love to incorporate scripture. You love to incorporate the history of hymnody in the church, and you don't just try to do the latest and the greatest praise effort with flashing strobe lights and fog machines going behind you. Why is that? I think my own, when all that stuff kind of started, the fog machines and the laser lights and all that, I found myself longing for, I had kind of rejected the traditional part of my, my Christian upbringing. And, and that found it boring and, and you know, mm. wanted to be, do, do uh, you know, modern stuff. And, and, uh, and, and modern is great. I listen to so much modern music, especially sure. with Ruby all the time. But, but I found myself longing for the liturgy of the church that I grew up in. The more that I had to perform that kind of music, the, the more kind of flashy stuff. And, and, and um, you know, this was the beginning of it. This is like the early 90s that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And there, there was sort of a, a hard and fast rule: we don't want any hymns on Sundays. I know. Uh, and so, yeah. so and yeah. this is at my church. And so, you know, I met John Schreiner in those years, who was a, really a champion of the hymns. And we did a record together called "Hymns and Meditations." And so, yeah, I just find, found myself clinging to that part that, to me, seemed like it was more timeless than the other stuff. You tend to return to the piano keyboard sound hmm. as opposed to more the the Roland or the the bit more synthesized keyboard that's been around for 20 or 30 years now at this point and in my mind and of course I'm getting older but there's something more real about a true piano keyboard as opposed to a more synthesized where it's all almost made up you know it's electronic in a sense yeah 
Well, and keyboards can make some beautiful sounds. Boy, the, the, the technology They've behind really stuff. come a long way. But yeah. boy, I played a concert. I can't remember what state I was in. I think it was in I was in Tucson. And I love uh -huh. the, the place I was playing for was fantastic and everything, but they didn't couldn't bring a piano and a real piano. So um, I played on a keyboard and I felt so uh, it, there's it was just missing so much depth, you know, even though they did a good job of sort of synthesizing a, a piano sound. Uh, it was pretty convincing sounding out in the house. Anyway, the feel of it wasn't mm. wasn't what I'm mm. used to, you know. I played a concert the other night in Phoenix, and I was at this uh, theater, this beautiful, tiny, not tiny, but pretty small little theater called Ravenscroft. Mm -hmm. And Ravenscroft is a piano company. They build pianos that are among the finest made in the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they cost like, I think the concert grand is like a $250,000 piano. And I Whoa. played on one of the, I know it's very expensive. <laughs> they didn't let me put my water bottle on like I'm used to. But um, anyway, it was just quite the experience listening to the, the multi layers of sound that was coming out of that instrument. As it is, you've just got a grand piano that I'm looking at over your shoulder. So that's that that'll do. It sounds really, really good. We had to listen. You put some instrumentals on your Christmas songs album. And there's one in particular that most of our listeners may not know much about. I think you know the one I'm talking about. Let's hear it. But tell us a little bit about uh, Bring a Torch, Jeanette Isabella. Did I say it right? You did, yeah. And I've known this song since I was a little kid. It's a French folk carol. And the th story of it is like a myth story or a folk story, I guess. And it's about a, a girl who's running down to to see the, the, ba the baby in the manger and she's all out of breath and uh, she's bringing, she's, you know, since it's the nighttime, she's carrying a torch with her, you know? So, so I didn't include the words on the, on this. It's just an instrumental, as you mentioned, but I tried to capture this idea of, you know, a breathless person coming to a breathless little girl coming to mm -hmm. see Jesus in the manger. So I have all these descending new scales, you know, uh -huh. that I, that's how the thing started in the first place. I was just practicing in the key of E major, just practicing scales and runs and everything. And, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to make this into a, you know. That's something. great. Well, let's listen to it right now from Fernando Ortega on the piano, on the keyboard from his Christmas songs album. joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, here in this Christmas season. And that's an instrumental from his album called Christmas Songs. Fernando, I want us to talk about Christmas, and maybe there's a special Christmas memory you have that you could share with us. But since you moved back to New Mexico a number of years ago, you've become a bird watcher, haven't you? Oh yes, I my sister is a, has been a bird watcher for twenty years or or so, and uh, a while back I had a ton of American Express points, uh, and the guy American Express guy called me up and said, "Mister, hey, you have like two million points. You know, you could get some cool stuff with that." So, one of my first purchase was a Canon, like a SL one 
one of those uh oh yeah with the big lens kind of entry level yeah well i didn't have it didn't come with a big lens it came with a small one but i i also bought a a, i thought it was big but but my lens now is is way bigger (laughs) but but i you know i went out in the field with my sister and we were down by the river and my daughter was there as well and i was lying on a log looking up at the sky and this white hawk flew over me it's called a ferruginous hawk and I, it was the only good picture I got mm. um, that day. But it's just up its belly with its wings out, you know. And uh, and I was hooked. Once I put that on my computer, I'm going, oh man. So I, you know, I, I take photos of birds pretty much every day in my yard. And of course, you've actually written a book, published your photos, Fernando. I I just don't picture you doing that. This is a different Fernando Ortega than the one I know. Uh, but uh, it's a beautiful coffee table book. It's called Fernando's Birds, by the way. So yeah, it's a self-published book, and uh, it's just got a collection. It's a series of stories that I've written. They're not really about the birds, or they are loosely about the birds. They're more kind of comical or comedic stories, and. And I, I kind of get a kick out of it. And I had a couple of friends that helped me with the layout and the, and the, uh, you know, just publishing it. And it, I think it, I'm so proud of it. As you should be. Well, here it is Christmas. Is there something growing up in New Mexico that you recall a special Christmas, a time when um, you grew closer to the Lord? Some event that maybe happened in your life. That's a really good question. I, I feel like those times that were the, the most influential with me uh, of growing closer to the Lord was through the example of my grandfather who passed in 1991. And he was 102 years old when he passed. Juan Melcades Ortega wow. was his name. Wow. But he was a, a very quiet person, a devout Christian. He, he and his wife, my grandma Apollonia, they lost by the time she passed in 1967 when I was 10 years old, they had lost seven of their mm. kids only four were alive mm. so but they and i always marveled at that that they they clung so so deeply to their faith my favorite memories of christmas are up in that part of new mexico which is about an hour and a half north mm-hmm. of me the traditions there the illuminarias where they really those are the, those are the farolitos the little bags with the, a candle the sand inside in the i think yes yeah. uh-huh yeah, some people call them luminarias or luminaries, but they're uh, aluminarias, we call them here, or luminarias. And they line the, they're supposed to line the way for the, for Joseph and Mary to find their way to the, to where Jesus would be born in the manger. Mm. That's the tradition. So, but yeah, it's all that, that time leading up to Christmas up there. And then we would always go up there on Christmas day and, and exchange gifts. And, but my grandma and grandpa really had a huge impact on my Christianity. And, and, you know, even when I left the faith, when I was 12 years old, I was always coming back. And part of it was that my grandfather and grandma's love for God that, that drew me back. You know, maybe that's something that would be worth more of us praying, because one of the things we hear from at Haven Today from listeners is, one of my kids has drifted away from the Lord. I raised them in the faith, and now they're not walking with the Lord. That happened to you when you were 12 years old then. Yeah, I had come back from Ecuador. We, my family moved to Ecuador when I was 11, 12, 13. So, yeah, I was 13 when I I guess I decided to leave the faith. But uh we came back. There was a culture shock for my all of us all of us kids because we were we left when we were in elementary school and came back as junior mm. higher. So there's all those 
those kind of changes that happen in a, in a person's life. But yeah, I, the friends I met were not interested in anything uh, to do with God. And I hung out with them and it was heartbreaking for my parents. But, you know, I think at 15 is when I, when I came back, I found my way back to the Lord in a Pentecostal church that was wild beyond mm -hmm. belief. But, uh, you know, I stayed in there for several years and, and that's where I learned to improvise on the piano and, you know, the bass player would would yell the chords at me, G, and I'd start hitting a G chord, and C, and I'd you know, start pounding out a C chord. There wouldn't be any so, praise anyway. and worship music without the Pentecostal church movement that's in the exactly. world today. Oh, you know? I, that's right. It was so moving to me, powerful. Well, in light of what happened to you at about 13, and then you came back to the Lord when you were 15, and the Lord has kept leading you through along this life, I want to hear another song from your album. We heard an instrumental moment ago. I think um, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Yeah, that's a very, very stirring song. Those, those lyrics are They're are powerful, powerful, aren't they? Well, let's listen to it yeah. together. Come thou long expected Jesus born to set thy people free From our fears and sins release us find our rest in Thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth Thou art. Bernardo Ortega from his Christmas songs album here on Haven Today, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Fernando, isn't that a message that we need to hear today? The world we're living in, in this state of crisis, post-COVID, Ukraine, just on and on and on it goes. We're at each other's throats, political division, even in the church. Churches, uh, you know, seeing changes, uh, arguing back and forth these last few years. We need come, thou long expected Jesus, don't we? Yeah, I long for it because, and then it's it's all the more acute for me after since losing my parents, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. dad in 2017, my mom in, in 2020, that I, I picture probably daily what it's like for them where they are in heaven and I imagine their their jaws dropped at just you know the incredible scene that they're seeing, and I do long I long to be with them, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, I, you know, in a way, I, I I believe that Christ is coming already into the world and, and establishing His kingdom yes. through us and in us. And even though it looks bleak, you know, you wake up on any given day and read the news, and it looks very bleak. But I I feel like. Jesus is is already establishing his his kingdom on the earth through us and through this conversation and the little deeds we do for others of the work of our hands and the the our you know when our mind turns toward him during the day and we say a prayer for for this person or that you know there's a song that has quite a history 
to it. Maybe the history is more in the tune and not the lyrics. And I'm thinking of What Child Is This? Kind of a somber Christmas song, but uh, it's one that's really meaningful to me. And it must be to you to have included it on your album. Well, I've sung, we've sung this song in my family, you know, at the Presbyterian Church since I was, since I could remember, gosh, four, four years old, maybe five years old. Um, and, and then I didn't know much about it. I mean, I just loved it you know, that we would sing it every Christmas in church. Um, the, but the melody is actually a 16th or 17th century melody called Green Oh, Sleeve. yes. Okay. Oh, it was a popular, it was a popular um, song back, like a, I think it was actually a kind of a <laughs> sensual bar, bar song or something. I you knew know? you were going to go there. And, and, and of course, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard to admit, but, but, you know, if there's a good tune... Why not use it to sing to the Lord's glory, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, so Christians shamelessly borrowed the song and uh, borrowed the tune. And then I think in the 1800s, it was our text that we're familiar with, we're familiar with uh, was set. So it's, I think it was a brilliant idea to take a popular song that everybody knew and all of a sudden put, uh, you know, God lyrics to it. It is so interesting that worship wars go back. I, I remember being in London once and, and learning that when Isaac Watts wrote hymns and he was not part of the Church of England, he was one of those nonconformists, wow. he would write these hymns and they were all very biblical. And today we would think they sound like old-fashioned hymns, you know, and it's just four chords, yeah. four-part yeah. harmony, I guess, and nothing really special on yeah. it. But uh, it was considered almost sacrilegious that he would come out with these modern songs, hymns, and people would sing them. Yeah. And that's a little bit like, what child is this, I guess? I think so, too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how scandalous it was when these, when that old hymn became, when, the, when that melody became a Christian hymn. I, I kind of wonder about that. I, I need to look that up and see. <laughs> <laughs> how people reacted but yeah we get so attached to like I, you know i rewrote uh, i wrote a new melody for great is thy faithfulness mm -hmm. and i sang it at our church and boy i thought that some people were gonna, <laughs> i was thought it was going to be uh hard and feathered or something you know? well this christmas carol i guess it's a carol but a christmas song what child is this it it starts in a somber way, but it but it does have this strength to it. There's backbone to it. There's a spine to it. When you get to this, this is Christ the King. Is Christ the King? And it makes you want to stand up and just sing with the hymn, even if you're sitting down. It does. You know, it's a it's a quiet because it's it's minor key, and so it's got this sort of somberness to it. But the that that uh, refrain, this this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing, haste haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. It's such a, it's almost triumphant. Just just you know, like it's a very emotional refrain to land on. I think. I think you're right. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? Why lies he such mean estate where rocks and ass are 
Christians fear for sinners here the silent word is pleading This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing Haste, haste to Fernando, one of one of the songs, one of the Christmas songs that you share is Angels We Have Heard on High. Now, you didn't put that on the album unless it meant something to you. What does this mean to you? So every year I, I'll invariably play uh, Christmas programs around the country and, and uh, you know, as we lead up to Christmas. It's my most busy time of the year, actually. Hmm. So I'm always looking for Christmas carols that, that just have this a joyfulness to them. And of course, they all do. But to me, this one combines a very beautiful melody. And then and then the, the refrain, in excelsis Deo, glory, glory, in excelsis Deo, gloria, in excelsis Deo, that um, I love hearing a whole room full of people singing that refrain. And so, and I wanted to include it here. It just kind of has this lift to it. Mm, it does. I've never really thought about that. And there's something about when you're in a church and you're with a host of God's people, and you hit that refrain, it really makes you think Christmas is here. The Lord has come. And and boy, that cheers my heart up, doesn't it you? Yeah, it does, yeah. And then the, you're speaking like shepherds aren't really there, of course, but you're saying, shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? Say what may the tidings be, which inspire your joyful song. And then the refrain again. I love those well, verses. Me too. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echo back their joyous strains Ortega from his Christmas songs album here on Haven Today. Fernando, let me just ask you a question. We ask just about everybody that's on the program with me. What does Jesus mean to you in light of Christmas? Three words come to mind. Fulfillment, fulfillment of the promise of the Messiah, and then hope, the hope that we have in Jesus that has, that has I ponder on my parents passing all the time that, you know, the, the hope of the, of, of the resurrection, but then also um, home, that I have found my home in Christ. And even though I've been in the church all my life, there are big chunks of time where I was kind of wandering around out there and rebellious in my heart. And, and every time I found my home in Christ, and I'm, I'm just thankful for that. Fernando, I think we ought to pray for the Christ of Christmas to be made known 
more in your heart, my heart, but everybody listening in their hearts too. Would you mind leading us in prayer right now as we have to go? Merciful God, I feel like for me, speaking for myself, that I am in so many ways during the day running away from you and resisting talking to you, resisting hearing from you because of my busyness or because of whatever. I, I, I pray that you would fill me and fill all of us listening with a desire, a daily desire to be close to you, that you would establish your kingdom on this earth through us, that you would help us so that the works of our hands express our love for you, that the words that we say express our love for you, and that you would guard our hearts from evil that is so prevalent all around us, and help us to not grow weary of doing what is right. Lord Jesus, just help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fernando Ortega, coming to us from your home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, Charles, Merry Christmas to you and to everybody who's listening. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. And I also want to thank Fernando Ortega for joining me and sharing with us some of his favorite Christmas songs. And to get your own copy of his Christmas songs album to help you prepare your heart for Christmas this year, just visit haventoday.org. And if you want to hear more content like this, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, why don't you help us get the word out? Leave us a five-star review. And you can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Mm -hmm.